Welcome to STEMcast, the podcast designed to equip teachers and students focused on communication, science, technology, engineering, and math. Each episode will bring you an inspiring interview and encouraging message to help you prepare for a better tomorrow. Join us as we believe everyone is an artist and an engineer. Here's your host, Dr. Reagan Flowers. Hi, thank you for joining us for this episode of our STEMcast podcast. I have Sunny Markovitz, Markovitz with us today. So thank you, Sunny, for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. This is a fun time of year for a lot of kiddos as they're counting down and winding down from school. And it's a, a time where parents are scurrying around trying to find some enriching opportunities that are going to help their their kids during the brain drain um, time of summer. And so would love to um, have you share with our listeners, you know, why is it I was so excited to have Sunny join the podcast. So please, let's just kind of jump in and let's talk about your camp. Tell us about your camp. Well, I'd love to. Um, my camp is called Camp Lantern Creek. It is an all-girls uh, sleepaway camp in Montgomery, Texas. And we're located on about 100 acres in Montgomery, Texas. And we are all about getting girls to try new things, find their voice, uh, take some reasonable risks, and learn to fail well. Um, Mm -hmm. So we want them to go through the entire learning cycle. and, And possibly that might not end the way they wanted it to, but we think that's okay and we embrace that. Wow, I love it. A girl's sleepaway camp. Now, I, that's got to be challenging. I would say probably more so for parents than kids. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're letting go of their babies. How long is this sleepaway camp? So we have two two-week sessions and one one-week session. Our one-week session tends to be more for the younger or apprehensive camper or the apprehensive parent who needs uh, not not quite to be that gone for that long so um, mm-hmm. it's it's a good introduction into the program well you said something right there the apprehensive parents you probably need a camp for those parents do you? Um, how, do you, how do you get them comfortable with letting go is there a camp for parents on how to let you know your kids go away um to a sleepaway camp well you know we try and do everything we can to educate the parent as to everything that i and my staff do Um, to keep the camper safe. One of the first things we do is we are accredited by the American Camp Association, which Mm. is actually way more rigorous than the Mm -hmm. state health department's code. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to meet over 300 standards uh, to be ACA accredited. And um, so that's a a big part. But then we also try and put the parents' emotional needs um, at rest. And let them know, you know, all the things we do, the the immense training we put our staff through, uh, my background as um, an educator and psychologist, as I plan the program and teach my staff to really let these girls express themselves and be who they are without trying to conform. And so we seem to get parents who have found us in a time when they're 
really looking, um, especially for those middle girls who are looking to uh, not lose their self-esteem as so many do in middle school and I provide that for them. Okay. Well, I, I got to backtrack here because you're giving me an education. I didn't know that there was an accreditation for camp. So you're telling me if I'm a parent, I need to be looking at camps to see one, not only the curriculum and program, but if they're accredited. So um, that's, that's a pretty big deal. It, it sounds like, did you mention 300 standards or so? Yeah, I, I actually can't emphasize it enough. And when I meet parents looking for a camp, um, either for their daughter or some people come to me and say, I'm looking for a camp for my son, any ideas? And my number one is make sure they are an accredited camp. Um, and I just, that we have visits every few years to check on what we're doing and how our site is run and even down to our emergency action plans have to be in writing and our staff have to be trained. Everything mm -hmm. is covered uh, in, in that accreditation. Wow. So, so what's the youngest that you go with the camp and what's the eldest? I guess what's the age range? We start at age seven uh, mm -hmm. and continue through age 17. And that includes our four-year leadership program that I am very proud of. It starts okay. with rising ninth graders and goes through until and if they want to be uh, on staff with us. But they don't have to be to go through the leadership program. They can just go through the leadership program. They will still gain valuable uh, skills that will serve them later in life, whether as a camp counselor or a college student, whatever they're looking for. Sunny, are you saying that you actually have results where you have campers that later come to work for you once they age out of your program? I have many, and it's so fun to see. I'm going into my eighth this summer. This is a great story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's fun to see it. Um, and so, yeah, we have a lot of girls who, who have come up through, been with us for the last eight years and are joining our staff. Um, and now a lot of them are, are applying to colleges and starting college. And we've even helped them, um, you know, whether it's write their, their resume for college or answer mm -hmm. questions for them or do mock interviews. I'm, I'm a real big proponent of mentoring. And so we try and do that even after camp is over for those girls. Wow. Now, we kind of, we jumped in here on this conversation about these awesome camps that you've established. Now, how old is the camp? Eight, you were going into our eighth summer. Eighth summer. And what inspired this? Well, um, I went to an all-girls summer camp for 14 years. And I really give it a lot of credit for making me who I am today. Learning mm -hmm. to be my authentic self and to take risks and speak up for things that I truly believe in. And I don't learn that without going to summer camp. And so I became very passionate about that and had a dream from the time I was 10 years old to run my own summer camp. And it took a long time to get here. I did a lot of things in between, but um, about 10 years ago, I basically jumped off a cliff and 
<laughs> and decided to look for property and start from scratch. Wow. Well, you jumped off a cliff and it sounds like you landed well, and that could be a frightening thing to do. Um, so did you have any examples of entrepreneurship around you? Was there, I mean, did were there any good examples or is this something that, you know, you just said, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm the first in my family. I'm taking the lunch. No, no. Thankfully, I um, I did have uh, a lot of great mentors, um, everyone from a camp counselor who believed in me when I was 13 or 14 years old to my father, who um, was an entrepreneur himself. And I saw his rite of passage. I saw him mm -hmm. do well. I saw him struggle. So um, I was prepared for that. And then I have two older brothers who also were very entrepreneurial and they started their own businesses. And, and I thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So here we are. <laughs> well, that that's great. You know, to Thank you for sharing that. It's great when you have some examples and models around you. You know, I I had a few of those coming up, and um, you you can watch and from afar or sometimes up close because if it's family, you're in the business trying to help also, you know, various aspects and you know points of where they are in their business. But it, it really helps you see what it takes, you know, the, um, to persevere. You know, it's not always rosy. Everything doesn't always come together as you've planned. And you've got to have a certain fighting type spirit, you know, to hold true to the passion and, and the vision and not let it go. And so it's great you had those examples around you and, um, you know, to, to learn from and glean from. And, and I, would you say that uh, uh, you have put some of those things that you've witnessed um, through your father's business or your siblings um, into practice with your camp? I, I think I have. I think I think the main thing that I took on was that y you have to know that every day is not going to be easy. And more, even more important than that is you have to know what you don't know. And mm. that can be a very long learning curve. And then mm -hmm. be willing to get people around you who know more than you. Um, mm -hmm. And and I've been very lucky in that regard. I didn't know how to run a business. I'm I'm an educator, and um, I didn't know how to read a spreadsheet or understand profit and loss and all of that. Mm -hmm. I learned. I had to learn, and um, and and I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the learning process. As much as I have uh, seeing my mission come to fruition, all of it has been, it's been good for me, empowering for me um, to, to keep focused on my mission. Um, when, I, when I hit a stumbling block, I, I have to go back to why am I doing this? Um, and, it, and it's kept me focused. And, and, and then learning, I think, is always empowering anything I find empowering. That, you know, that's awesome. And, and that's, that's how learning should be. It should be empowering. It should be exciting. And, you know, a lot of that is, I think is impacted by the experiences you've had with learning, you know, coming up. Um, you know, did people help you enjoy the process? find the joy um, in the process of learning. Um, it, it's so important um, to, to really stay with whatever it is that you're doing. 
and then I'm such a believer that everything in life happens for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And, and I'm, I'm having to go back to this story where you shared, I think you said you were 10 or so when you had you, your first sleepaway camp experience. No, and I was 10 when I decided I wanted to have the dream. I was actually wow. seven when I oh, went wow. away to sleepaway camp for the first time. Yeah. Wow. But it was so impactful um, yeah. to you that it stayed with you. And it, it makes me reflect back. I didn't get the pleasure or privilege of having a, a sleepaway camp experience growing up. I think the closest I got to that was um, a week where um, maybe – 10 cousins or so. We all had to come together at a, one of the family members' home because all of the adults were going away someplace. And, um, and, and it was such an awesome experience because we were these, we were of all age groups, you know, from, I don't know, maybe two years old to 17. And but we were having to, you know, dress ourselves and cook for ourselves and figure out our day and all get along and exist together. And it was so much fun. And it's one of those memories from my childhood that I think back on, you know, with smiles and, and joy. And I don't know if the other cousins do that, but that's the closest I got to it. And it was very empowering. And, you know, I was being responsible and, and you wanted to do the right thing and you wanted to lead when there was an opportunity to lead. And, and so I can only imagine how empowering um, this, this experience is for girls. It, it is. It's very empowering. And I think, you know, we we really strive to give every girl of every age the opportunity to learn that independence, that they can choose new activities to do, that they can learn to take care of themselves, when to shower, brush their teeth, all those little mm -hmm. things that a seven-year-old is usually told when right. to do it. <laughs> And this gives them the opportunity to kind of practice doing it on their own. And I think it's one of the best gifts a parent can give a child is the opportunity to learn that they can do it independently. Wow. So now you've got me thinking, you know, I hear I, I work with children, parents all the time with my philanthropic work in STEM education. And, you know, I listen to parents talk about how they need their kids to grow up and be more responsible and be more independent. But I'm pretty sure that when the parents pick their kids up from camp, they're picking up a different kind of kid that they're probably not even ready for or expecting to receive. <laughs> it, it's so funny you say that. I, okay. I do. I actually warn, especially the new parents, I, I warn them. Um, you're going to get a different little girl coming home. She's not going to be the same. Um, she'll be the new, better version of herself. And, um, you know, it's up to the parent from that point. I tease them. Now it's up to them mm -hmm. to keep going what we've set into motion. So, and, and that's hard. I mean, I, I am the mother of three myself and it, it is hard to watch our kids make mistakes and, you know, we, we might call it suffering, but it's really not. It's just that, that discomfort um, that we feel when we don't know something or didn't do it well. And, um, and we allow that at camp, and I encourage our parents to keep that going at home so that they can see their children continue to grow and become more and more independent. Wow. Now, okay, Sunny, 
you said you have three children and you had the dream of having a camp with more children. So, so <laughs> some people might say she's on her rocker, but no, that's, that's amazing. you managed to start a camp for, for kids, for girls, and you have three children. So do your, your kids, have they gone to camp, Superway camp? Have they done other camps, just your camp? What can, you know, what has that been for you, your experience with your kids? So my, my two oldest are girls and they went um, to a different sleepaway camp than mine for, I think, around five years and then started coming to my camp and, and then ended up working for me for a few summers. Now they're mm -hmm. all doing internships. They're in college and doing their own thing. And then I have um, a 15-year-old son and yes, he goes to sleepaway camp. He, um, he struggled. He didn't. He didn't always love it, and uh, really dealt with some homesickness. So, mm -hmm. I truly can empathize with the parents who come and they're nervous that their child will will be homesick. And and I've been there. I understand that. My son asked me, "Do I have to go to camp?" And I looked at him and said, "Are you kidding? It's it's what I do. Yes, you have to go to camp." <laughs> and yeah. and the the harder it is for you, the more I know you you need it. You need to see yourself get through that hard time and develop those skills on your own. I cannot give that to you. You have to do it. Um, and and so now he he's going back this summer. He'll start his own leadership program at his wow. camp, and he's very enthusiastic. Wow, Sunny, I have to applaud you. You know, it's hard being a parent and. And I said that, of course, always looking in from the outside. I, I've, you know, tried to have children, and we, you know, we've not been blessed in that sense. We've been blessed in another way, but we're able to work with so many other kids and support other families and be a village to them. But I know it's hard when you have a kid who's not having a good experience with something. It's very easy to to coddle them and say, you know, well, come on home, or you don't have to do that, or we'll find something else. And so I really applaud that you. You held strong to the, the understanding that he needed to have that experience, and you found a way to communicate that and, and make, to get him to to stay committed and to keep going. And it wasn't easy. It, it really it wasn't it it wasn't easy on him. It wasn't easy on me and my husband um, to stay the course, but. You know, we were talking earlier about mission and staying focused on what the mission that I have at camp is. And I feel the same way about parenting. You have to keep the mission of parenting in focus with every decision you make. And as, as I see it, our mission as parents is to raise independent adults that contribute to society and you know, sometimes we can tend to overprotect them in a way that they really can't become that individual that it could, you know, likely change the world. We don't know. So um, you have to get them exposed to those struggles that they have, I think, in order to succeed on their own. Wow. That's good stuff, Lenny. And And you know what else is really good is, is the... The fact that you've had these personal experiences, you know, one as a kid, you know, age seven, you know, you have your first sleepover camp experience. You start dreaming of having your own camp at age 10. Here you are. You've made it happen. 
but then you have your children and they they've experienced camp so you can give a lot of comfort to parents because I'm sure they come with questions or apprehensions or concerns and it sounds like you can you have all the answers almost I mean you can say been there done that you know in many yeah 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 and and you know I think the the key to that uh is just really to listen and um and yes I can empathize you know a lot with parents who are struggling I I have been there um but it's really just letting them know that their kid when they are with me is as important as any other camper on my property and and that has to be true um for me my my camper safety and emotional safety have to come first uh, with everything we do. Well, tell me, how do you translate that to your staff? You know, what type of people do you look for? Because, you know, I can hear your passion. I can hear the love and the care and the concern and the joy, you know, and what you you created. How do you translate that to the your team that, that's working with the girls so that they um, have the same care and concern or the same, um, gosh, you know, you know, to create this environmental culture that you, you know, you strive to maintain? I, we spend a lot of time training them. We have a 10-day staff training um, that, you know, it's pretty intense, but I really lean back on my, my knowledge and experience as an educator to teach them how to teach and mm. to get them to understand that teaching isn't about the product, whether right or wrong, but about the process. And mm -hmm. we focus a lot on getting them to understand that their job as counselors is not to solve all the problems of a camper, but to be present, to be sincere with them, and and then to help them figure out on their own the best decision for themselves, not to answer it for them. And that's really where I think I strive to uh, keep my staff focused. And yes, they're teaching them how to do archery and how to dance and do put on a show and how to swim some laps better and all those things. But it's really not about that. It's about the camper learning to do better every day. And, and that's how I try and get them to do that. And, and, you know, we, we have to mentor these. My, my staff are young adults. They're in college or going to college. And, um, and so they're still learning and we have to give them room to make mistakes and, and to learn as well. And, and so we mentor them to set the example for the campers of, you know, when things don't go well, go ahead and say, oh, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. I, I want to try again. And, and that's a great example. Um, and then what kind of staff? I look for staff that our campers can identify with, whether it's someone who's extremely extroverted and bubbly and energetic and very gregarious. But also, I want members of my staff who are more reserved and introverted 
and aren't the leaders in the front of the room, but they're the leaders by setting the example of being participatory in whatever it is we are doing. Um, so I look for a whole mix of, of staff um, in that way. That's great. A, a good mixed bag of, of talent and personalities. And, you know, that's definitely what a, your campers bring um, to the table when they're when they're coming to camp. But, you know, there's a lot of thoughtfulness that goes into this that I can hear. And I, I would, I you know, have to say your background in education has also played um, a role in, in what you've designed programmatically, you know, for the campers to experience as well as the training for your staff. Yeah, it's, it's, um, that's the part I think I, I've loved the most, um, unexpectedly was working with the staff members. I've always worked with children for more than 30 years now. Gosh, I hate saying that out loud, but it's true. <laughs> um, and, and, but I, I really have never worked with young adults and I have really enjoyed that and, and seen them because they're just at the cusp of who they're going to be and that has just been really fun to to see and to help and i i love that wow that that is that is pretty cool well you know i i'm talking to you here and i am like gosh i missed out on some great experiences as a kid and and you know i would say a lot of that you know it's, it's economics it's exposure you know it's um just we, we didn't have the capacity, you know, but with my family for my mom as single parents to seek out such an opportunity um, for myself or my sister. So uh, tell me, you know, and I, I guess I can speak on behalf, you know, being an African-American and woman, you know, what does mm -hmm. it look like in terms of participation of minorities in your camp? Um, do you have um, African-American girls participating in the camp? We do. Um, you know, I'm really glad you asked that because um, it's not just uh, my camp, but camps across the country have really tried to do more outreach because mm -hmm. camping started, sleepaway camp started in the Northeast by absolutely some more privileged, you know, people who, who had the ability to do it. And and so it hasn't always been embraced as a valued commodity. And that's something we, as a camp industry, have really tried to, to show that this really is for everybody. And it is something that you could give your kids that can teach them things for the rest of their life. And the way we've gone about doing it at Lantern Creek is we go looking for staff of diverse backgrounds um, to try and represent the campers. And we do have all different colors and faiths and everything at our camp. We're very inclusive and open, um, but it's, it's a struggle. I think it's a struggle we're still, you know, trying to do better at. And, um, and, and hopefully, I hope it'll be sort of a trickle-down effect. Um, I, I think it's important for anyone coming into camp, no matter what they look like, what their skin color, what they believe in, they need to see someone that feels familiar to them to feel comfortable. And so that's what we've been trying to build, um, is that they will see that on our staff. Um, 
because they want to be represented. I mean, that's, it's important. And, um, and then once we have them, um, the key to making that successful is teaching all the staff and the campers of different backgrounds to, to learn to listen. And I know that um, the communication piece that you are um, very, you know, vocal about, which I am as well, the only way to make it work well with diversity is to learn to communicate. And uh, for me at my camp, communicating starts with listening and asking questions. I don't think there's any two more powerful tools in communication than those two things. I love it. And as you know, I love the communication aspect and it's high on my list of priorities with working in education and, and specifically with STEM. You know, we, the, the listening, the speaking, the asking the questions, all those things are so critical in, in cultivating um, good communication skills and just an appreciation and understanding of each other. And so I, yes. I think that's great. And and you talked a little bit, you know, in terms of, you know, as you're looking for diversity and in, in that most um, camps and this industry, you know, camps or your industry, a lot of, um, mm-hmm. of leaders are looking at this and being very intentional um, with it. But share with me, what do you do to stay skilled up, you know, on, you know, what the latest and greatest is? Are there specific conferences? Are you reading lots of books? Um, how do you Stay on top of your skills um, as a as a leader of of such a, a great um, camp organization. Well, we absolutely do participate in professional conferences. The American Camp Association puts on a national conference every year that is huge and packed with information. We just uh, attended one in Nashville back in February, and then there's regional conferences, and then me personally. I um, typically, well, I read everything I can get my hands on in regards to educating girls in particular um, and any research or articles that I can can get about that. But I thankfully, it doesn't fall all on me. I have a great staff who also do the same thing uh, in their little niche of camping. And so um, we always come together once a month in the off season and brainstorm and come up with how we can uh, put in new ideas and new practices to keep improving. One of the things that is not known uh, in most camps is having the culture of change. And, uh, you know, we're camping is based on traditions and uh, our campers and parents and staff get sort of emphatical about some of the camp traditions that becomes mm-hmm. so important, but we really try and institute um, change as part of our culture so that we can continually improve and do things better than we had the previous year. Wow. That's stuff. Sunny, as, as we prepare to bring our conversation to a close, and this has been a, a great conversation, and I'm so glad uh, to connect with you and to share you with our listeners. Um, they, you know, there are people always tuned in to looking for opportunities. And, and so even if they've missed a deadline, they can have it on their purview um, to look into it for the next opportunity. So how do mm-hmm. the listeners find out about Lantern Creek? Um, how do they learn about your camp? And particularly if they're, um, your camp is, is local to Houston, is that correct? Houston, Texas? It, 
Yes, it's about it's about an hour and 15 minutes from Houston, uh, but we pull from all over. We actually have a camper returning to us from India, so I oh, we're okay. excited to awesome. see her face. So we pull from it. everywhere, but yes. the best way to find us is probably on our website at camplanterncreeks.com, but then we're also on every social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Okay, I love it. And at any party, any parting um, thoughts or something that you want to share with our listeners before we end our conversation today? Just, um, I, I truly appreciate the opportunity to to be on with you and to talk to a fellow educator about um, the process of learning and encouraging parents to really give their kids opportunity outside of their own little bubble. Um, because I just think that's really the key to making our world a better place is for us not to be too narrowly focused. Um, so that would be my parting words, I think. Thank you. Sunny Markowitz, the founder of Camp Lantern Creek. Um, visit the website, get your girls involved and Share it with those um, around you, um, those of your mentors, aunties, um, just friends, <laughs> churches. Just share the opportunity. Um, we can't invest enough in our girls. Sunny, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on iTunes. And don't forget to visit our website, www.cstem.org.